On today's podcast, we talk about seven habits of successful individuals. We figured on July 7th, 7-7, we might as well keep with the trend of sevens. So we walk through what we see in terms of the entrepreneur space, in terms of clients that are successful, and what they all seem to have in common. So take a listen and figure out, do you check all of seven boxes? Live your life within the moment, moment. And don't go wait until the morning, morning. You never know when it is over, over. All that I know is we'll get over. Happy Friday, everyone. It is 7 7 2023. Yeah. I was actually just thinking about uh, 7 7 of 2007. I was at the State Titan Stadium with a bunch of college friends. We went down there for like oh. a Christian, like, rap concert thing. One of our friends was a, is a Christian rapper. Um, so yeah, we all went down there. That was fun. Seven, seven, 2007. Never forget it. Speaking of rappers. So one of my friends from high school, I realized that like last year he performed at what's the one in Chicago, the really big concert. That's like three days long. Oh, Lala, Lollapalooza. Yeah. He performed at Lollapalooza. He's like this rap. I was like, what? (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) It really, really strange. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) He probably Um, doesn't listen to our podcast, so it's fine. (laughs) On Sunday, we were driving back from the boat and I was driving. So I was putting on my own music because the boys were snoozing. And I was like, huh, Chris Brown does some Christian rap now. Interesting. I didn't realize that. I loved Chris Brown. Yeah. Like, but I was like, is it the Chris Brown? But I mean, it kind of sounded like him because it was like more vocals. It wasn't like rapping. Um, yeah, he's talented, have. man. He was talented. Yeah, very talented. So just like I bet he does some of the things we're gonna talk about today. <laughs> I bet he does. Speaking of habits of successful individuals. So <laughs> because it is seven seven, we figured we should do a theme because mm-hmm. why not? It's our podcast. <laughs> if you're new here, we do what we want. We do what we want. Um so yeah, if you're new here, this is the food code. We talk all things functional nutrition, health, hormones, gut health, detox mold, parasites, cardiovascular issues. We do talk a lot about um, just how to live a healthy lifestyle and break through the BS and the f- lies essentially that you see on social media, right? We know there's a lot of really confusing information out there. So we want to help you break through that and cut the fat and get to the truth um, of what it means to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle and improve your symptoms because symptoms are not normal. Symptoms are signs. They are indications that something is off within the body. And that starts with the gut. Typically, um, other people, you know, it could be their hormones are really, really out of balance or they're really struggling to detoxify appropriately. And that's backing up into the system and, you know, creating a lot of symptoms. So we mostly talk about those types of things. We do expert interviews. And then we also do a lot of Friday fires, um, tough love, mindset topics. So that's what you're going to get today. We are going to talk about the seven habits of successful individuals. And, you know, I'm going to bucket this to individuals who are successful with their weight loss and maintaining it. Individuals who are successful in whatever their career of choice is. Certain individuals, you know, choose to be stay-at-home moms and that is a full-time job plus some in and of itself. Um we have a lot of clients who stay at home and they still do these things because they want to keep themselves as a priority, show up as the best version of themselves. So whatever you're working towards right now, this would be applicable mm-hmm. to you. Yeah, absolutely. So Number one, and people will argue this, but 
every single person that I know that is successful that has a lot of other than other than Andy Frisella and Emily and Emily Frisella, but they also stay up super late. Right. So they're up until like midnight. They're night owls. They're they, shift. They shift. Um, waking up early. Mm -hmm. And the reason behind this is because when you do not wake up and have time for you and for things that need to get done before the world needs you, whether the world is your employees, whether the world is your children, your spouse, your dog, whatever, you are starting the day in a deficit. There's there's so many things that I accomplish in the morning. I actually put all of my important tasks in the morning that I know make me feel good that I will not get done in the rest of the day. I read, I take a cold shower, I walk on the treadmill while I prep my emails and whatever I need to prep in terms of work for the day, and I go into waking up my children and quote unquote like starting my day so much ahead. There's no chance I would be happy, productive, or successful if I did not have my mornings. Yeah. And I think everyone is different in this, right? Like your morning may look like you get up and you do deep breath work or you do meditation and, you know, you're journaling or you're doing your prayer routine or whatever. It doesn't have to be that you're getting up and, you know, you're working. But the point here is that you're getting up and you're doing things for you. You're filling your cup up so that you can show up right? For other people, whatever that is. Um, and so I totally agree. Obviously, Beck and I are both up, you know, pretty similarly, 530, um, sometimes, a, you know, a little earlier, a little later, give and take. But it's important because without that hour or so, sometimes my little guy is up and, and you know, takes up that hour that I was going to do other things. That's okay. Like, I just know, okay, I've already gotten some things accomplished and then I'll just shift things around. But you need to have that time for you. Um, the second thing here is that they're proactive, successful individuals are not reactive. They are very proactive and they are solution seekers. I would say, um, you know, when you are dealing with something, whether it is physical or you're expanding your business, you know, you know, that there's going to be problems that arise. There are going to be hurdles. There are going to be roadblocks. There's going to be learning, you know, curves that you have to go through. And so you can't just wait for them to happen and then be, you know, reactive by putting out fires all the time. Um, you know, so I would say this is also planning ahead. Um, and this could look like you are working towards a goal with your fitness or your nutrition and you're intentionally planning ahead for the week, right? This past weekend, we were gone for Father's Day all day, got home, went to the grocery store, got back to our house at like 8.15. The last thing I wanted to do was prep a little bit, but I did it because I want to be prepared for the week, right? I'm not going to wait until Monday and the problem comes that I don't have a lunch. So now, oh shit, what am I going to do? Call on Jimmy John's or Panera or Chipotle or something like that. Like that doesn't align with my goals mm -hmm. in the season that I'm in. So you need to be proactive and that takes planning and preparation and effort. Yeah. The way that I look at this. So like we were actually talking about this on our walk before we started podcasting. I have a trip to Michigan. We leave next Friday, um, last Friday, this is 4th of July. Um, and we get back Tuesday. And so I'm already thinking that I know the food options there. It's not great. Sandwiches are basically like they put out deli meat and sandwich rolls and chips and potato salad and stuff like that. Dinners can kind of be a little bit, literally no one eats breakfast together. It's all on their own. The men all golf early. So like they get coffee and go and get gross breakfast sandwiches at like the Mr. Burger it's called. I, I don't know. It's disgusting. Um, but basically you're left to your own devices. Um, I'm planning on meal prepping as much as possible. So I'm going to try to bring 
almost every meal up. Um, I'll leave some dinners open just because I can maneuver around that. But how I look at it is I would rather put extra effort in for an hour and a half, two hours on Friday to prep everything, go up there and know that I have what I need versus be like, uh, screw it. I'll, you know, I'll do the best I can, which always ends up in me not eating what I know makes me feel good because there's too much gray area there. And then I leave the weekend feeling bloated, gross, and it takes me a week to get back to feeling good again. And so the two hours in advance and making my decisions up there a lot easier or a screw it mentality and then regretting it and not, you know, like, is the turkey sandwich with deli cheese and mayonnaise really worth it? Like, no, it's not. So I choose to be at proactive and get ahead of what I know is going to be a challenge. And I'm already planning ahead in my mind for what that's going to look like. So, you, you know, so many people are reactive in their health journeys and it screws them yep. because you cannot like you have to control as much as you can. Sure. Will there be moments? Absolutely. But you, the less you are proactive, the more those moments happen. Yeah. And I think the same thing happens, you know, with your health. So we look at, you know, even just things like lab work, generic lab work that you've had done by your doctor from a proactive standpoint. If you're trending in the wrong direction, we want to catch that and reverse it. We want to be proactive rather than, okay, we're going to keep an eye on it. We're going to watch it. We'll see you in three months or six months. And then, oh, it got worse because you didn't realize how serious it was. And now they want to give you medication, right? So that's a reactive approach. And we ideally, you know, want to help everyone get to a place where the symptoms that they experience while they think that they are normal, uh, they are not. You should have, I just posted a reel yesterday, like digestion should feel like nothing. It should be a quiet event. You shouldn't notice that you're just, you know, very bloated or gassy, having heartburn, burping, acid reflux, things like that. You should feel like you ate you know, of course, you're gonna have a little bit of fullness here. There is a little bit of normalcy to, you know, fibers being digested, but it's not a, I look three months pregnant, distended belly bloating type of a situation. So that leads us into number three, successful individuals fuel their body for performance and handling higher levels of stress. So when you need to be on in your workday, whether you're running your own business or you're working for an employer with you know, demands and deadlines, and you ideally maybe want to get promoted, you know, you're reaching for that next level. You need to be mentally sharp, right? You shouldn't be falling asleep at your desk, calling off work because you're sick all the time, right? Brain fog, forgetting things, you know, not being organized and all of that stuff really comes down to how you feel, fuel your body because it impacts how you feel. Mm -hmm. Everything that we experience day in and day out comes down to how you fuel your body, what foods you're putting into it, and how your body utilizes that fuel. I say that because some individuals, especially if there's a lot of dysfunction, may be eating very well, but their immune system is responding negatively to certain things like Greek yogurt or almonds or chicken, for example. Um, they're great foods, of course, but for that individual's body, maybe it's not settling well with them. And that's going to lead to higher levels of inflammation with higher levels of inflammation becomes neuroinflammation and brain inflammation. So really focusing on that, like Becca was saying, she doesn't want to leave a weekend feeling bloated, gross. It's going to take her a week to rebound from that. She wants to feel good. So to handle higher levels of stress, you need adequate nourishment, not 1200 calories, Franken foods that are all packaged processed foods, right? You need real food vitamins, minerals, micronutrients, fiber, amino acids, all of these things. And that's going to help with keeping inflammation 
low. Um, that's going to help with, you know, supporting your body's ability to, you know, build muscle if you're someone who trains and you exercise. And I think everyone should be doing that. I would, you know, say that most successful individuals have some sort of workout or movement routine. That's not one of them on the list here, but absolutely. I think all of them, um, keep their bodies in a fit state. Yeah, absolutely. And I understand too, if you're a high stress individual, you are burning through nutrients and vitamins at an expedited rate. When you are doing more, when you are trying to run a business or you're a stay-at-home mom and you're constantly go, 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 you're mentally, emotionally stressed, your body's going to burn through resources faster. So that is why you need to eat more. You need to eat enough. You need to eat the right things because your body simply has higher needs. So keep that in mind too. Number four is self-development. People that are successful are always growing in one way, shape or another. Like, you know, I, I think of two perfect examples of people that are very successful. One of them, Andy Frisella talks about how he took, started taking guitar lessons. He wanted to learn how to play the guitar. Like maybe it wasn't specifically for his business, but he wants to continue to grow and challenge himself as a person. Our mentor, I just noticed, saw is starting to learn Spanish. Like they, they're, they're constantly trying to better themselves and become more, you know, expansive in terms of their capabilities and their because your brain needs to be challenged, you guys. There's plenty of research in terms of this like in the elasticity of your brain. If you do not challenge yourself with new skills, you it, it shrinks technically. Like the 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 neuroplasticity deteriorates. And so you need to be constantly trying to challenge yourself because it keeps you sharper. It honestly makes you a more well-rounded person. And the challenge of self-development is what I think is so impactful because people that are successful constantly are challenging themselves because it is the challenge that you grow from. It is the failures that you learn from. And so if you are always fearful of failing or don't start things because you're worried they're not, you know, they're not going to go well or you don't have an absolute outcome to it and so you don't even take the risk, you will stay stuck and you will start to decline because you are not giving yourself that mental development over time. And so it doesn't have to necessarily be you're always pushing harder in workouts. I don't recommend that actually. It doesn't have to be you're constantly restricting calories. That's not the challenge necessarily that we're talking about, unless you struggle with those things. If you struggle to work out, then maybe that is where you should challenge yourself. If you struggle to eat healthy, maybe that is where you should challenge yourself. We're talking about also in the other realm of if you are someone that is already very disciplined in your food and nutrition uh, exercise, maybe you look outside of that. Maybe your challenge is you have to learn how to de-stress better. Maybe your challenge is you have to learn how to slow down better. So understand yourself and where are your deficits and that is where your challenges should be. Yeah. And I think, you know, for people who are high achieving individuals, one of the things that I was actually just saying to my husband the other day on a walk is I need to decompress a little bit and I need to listen. I was saying I'm going to start listening to some different podcasts because everything that I'm reading, everything that I'm studying is all within the functional nutrition space. And so you also want to have some other outlet to where your brain is also exposed to just other things, right? Mm -hmm. That's diversity. Um, 
for me, I have really no interest in reading like fiction. Um, Fifty Shades of Grey was great when I was in college, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but I really don't have an interest in reading fiction. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to be looking at you know other high achievers in different industries and starting to follow them and watch them a little bit more because my brain just can't soak up. Then you start to get confused. Like my totally. my mind is like a one way track when I'm setting something. I want to listen. I want to write. I want to really digest it. Otherwise, I'm just like all over the place. Becca knows that about me because I'm like, what the. F- what did I just listen to? I don't even know because I wasn't fully focused. Um, So I need to have other, you know, outlets. And I think that could be painting. It could be a hobby for individuals, right? Whatever that looks like for you. But again, yeah, you're always growing in terms of developing yourself in different areas. So number five is stress management. And I think this is really hard for a lot of people. So first and foremost, I want to say here that stress is not a bad thing, right? You stress is a good thing. When we are working to build a business, Yes, your stress levels are going to be higher than other seasons where maybe you are kind of maintaining a business. When you decide that you have a next level goal, it's going to take next level action. That can be a good stressor because, okay, now I've got to think differently. I have to plan differently. I'm organizing some things differently. And, you know, for a lot of our clients, we ask a lot of them when we're taking them through some of our processes, it is a lot in the day right? They're getting herbal teas. They're getting their apple cider vinegar. They're getting certain supplements. They're changing their food quite a bit. But if you look at this in a positive way of all of the outcomes, like, man, I now have a solution to resolving a lot of my symptoms. This is a good stressor. The negative stressors, you know, are you getting pissed off at your boss? Are you screaming at people in traffic, flicking them off, right? Are you being snippy and angry with your kids? Like all of those, you know, negative stressors. If you're answering the phone to friends who are constantly calling to bitch about things, right? And it's just draining of your energy. I would say that's not really a good stressor. High level, you know, achievers, I would say have a very close circle and cut a lot of that Mm -hmm. BS out. So within stress management, this could look like deep breathing, meditation, journaling, sauna use, walking in nature. Right now I'm prescribed six 40 minute walks in nature, uh, silent. And it was mentioned silent walk twice. Okay. Got it. I will walk with my husband. I will walk with Becca, but otherwise I'm not listening to podcasts like I used to, you know, I am, um, not on my social media, making stories like I used to, I'm not worried about reels like I used to be all of those things. So your stress management can look different. But what I would say here is that it needs to be something that brings you joy. It needs to be something that fills your cup up. To me, cooking is a stress relief. I really enjoy cooking. I love being creative in the kitchen and creating new recipes. So that's a stress management action for me. While as someone else might be like, oh my God, cooking is so stressful. So you got to pick what works well for you, but you need to have, I would say at least one, if not two things in your day or two to three three times in your day that you're kind of pulling yourself back, even if it's just for a minute or five minutes from all of the constant stress with social media, emails, all that. Yeah. You need to be able to cope with stress. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to understand and see when you're getting too stressed and how you deal with it. Um, And when the body's healthier, it can tolerate higher levels of stress. So it's a huge thing that we look for with our clients in terms of biofeedback is, is your stress tolerance improving. Do you, do you handle, you know, your kids being a pain in the butt better? Do you handle work stress better? Are you less irritable? Stuff like that. Um, So the next one, number six is self-evaluation. And this is a couple of things. To me, I think, you know, successful people are willing to be vulnerable and understand that they have areas to improve and they look for those areas to improve, but they are not 
negative and mean to themselves about it. Maybe, you know, for a split second, they're like, shoot, I shouldn't have, you know, done that type thing. But they are not constantly breaking themselves down as a human because that is completely different. I think that that is a really toxic thing that a lot of people do in this world is they are, you know, you can, you can look at it as self-evaluation, but they basically are just really mean to themselves. And they're, you know, always hating on their body or their capabilities or they're not good enough. They're not deserving enough. That is not what we're talking about here. Self-evaluation is looking at your day, looking at what maybe could have gone better, what areas you continue to struggle with, like where are your lacks, where are your deficits, um, and actively working to improve them. Not being mean and not, you know, staying stuck and just being negative to yourself in that stuck place and not actually doing anything about it. I think it requires action. I think it requires, you know, efficient self-evaluation. Like what areas are you looking at? Your health, your productivity levels, your business, your, you know, abilities as a parent, how you, you know, are you present with your children? Like whatever it is. Um, and then doing something about it. And to tack onto that, we can talk about number seven, which is a positive mindset. I think that successful people, sure, you see where there are faults, you see where there are areas of improvement needed, but you are always continuing to go back to where wins are. Because if you do not, you will never survive. You will never last. You will, you're, you're going to give up. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing that I always try to remember when something feels really stressful or feels like really overwhelming and, you know, whatever the emotion might be is how blessed I am and how this problem that I'm facing is so minute in the grand scheme of what other people face. You know, um, we've had some clients that have had deaths in the family. Um, we've had, you know, friends and family that have had miscarriages. Um, and so I just think like, oh my gosh, like they're going through so much more than like this little petty little problem, like snap out of it. You know, um, I also think here, if you are somebody who gets sucked into social media and the news, you need to shut that off. If that gives you higher level of anxiety, I mean, we can all agree the world is not in a great place right now. And so rather than watching those things and filling your, you know, eyes in your brain, I think you need to be in the know, right? But if you're constantly exposing yourself to all the negativity, it's going to be really hard to stay positive. So you need to flood your mind with positivity. And that could be music for some people, right? I love to throw on good positive music and sing. It could be a podcast for some individuals. Um, you know, maybe go out with your girlfriends and laugh, go to see a comedian, you know, little things like that. If you are really struggling um, to see positive and, you know, I, in the past have had clients journal all of the good things in their life because it's so easy to see the negative, mm -hmm. start to look for the positive. What yep. you are looking for, you are going to attract. And I would say a great book around this is called The Four Agreements that you could read. Um, there's many other ones out there, but you got to stay in a positive state. There's always going to be negative things thrown at you, and it's very easy to wallow very quickly. So those are the seven habits that we believe most successful people uh, have. This is not an all-inclusive list, but hopefully this helps you evaluate a few that you maybe you would like to work on. And with that, have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back on Monday. I'm a